Domestic Draft Podcast. I'm Evan Bierman here with Dan Slowick. Dan, we got no guests today. So why don't you start it off with the beer and then we can talk some sports. Let's do it. I have a, a beer here from Humble Sea Brewing Company. Humble Sea is out uh, located up in Santa Cruz, California, which is actually, you know, it's about, a, I'd say it's about like five, six hour drive. It's pretty far north, uh, but beautiful area. If you know, like Pebble Beach, if you know where that is up by like Monterey, um, Santa Cruz is just a little bit north of there. I think Santa Cruz's college mascot, they're like the banana slugs. Uh, so it's an interesting place, but it's like very much like, you know, it's got the the huge sequoia trees, a lot of nature. It's kind of gloomy and overcast just to give you a vibe about the brewery. So the brewery, again, is a Humble Sea Brewing Company. The beer I'm drinking is their Humble House Hellas. House is spelled the German way, H-A-U-M-L-A-U-S. It's in collaboration with another brewery called Living House Brewing uh, Beer Company, which is located up in portland um but a little bit about the brewery and if you know anything about like santa cruz the reason i gave it a little bit like about the feel and the vibe that's it's kind of like you know portlandy it's very trendy but also very much involved in nature um so they started uh underfunded it was three childhood friends uh that are from the santa cruz mountains and they decided uh to try their hand at brewing and one of their founders, co-founders, Nick, his grandmother-in-law gave them a one-barrel brewing system. So that's kind of how they got started, uh, playing around with that. And then once they got enough guts and funding, they decided to try and open up their own tap room on the west side of Santa Cruz. So um, a little bit about them as well. They uh, first started homebrewing in 2009. Their head brewer is Nick Pavlina, and he just won a bunch of awards. He used the alias Humble Sea, so that's kind of how it got started. Uh, he won several national homebrew medals. He pitched the opening in late 2014 to his buddies, and that's kind of when they went for it uh, and have been open kind of ever since. And uh, a really cool company. They do a lot of community work. Uh, they're very obsessed with community work. It's in their vision statement and mission statement on their website. Uh, they say they raised tens of thousands of dollars in gobs of awareness for local groups and nonprofits, thanks to the community of Santa Cruz, the Bay Area, and beyond. They do a lot of oceanography or uh, ocean um, fundraising as well, trying to save the sea life, the whales, and all of those things. So, um, if you get a chance to go up there, it's a beautiful area. Um, those woods with the uh, with like the the redwoods and the sequoias, it's really something to see. Um, and there's tons of marine life there. I went up there with my wife, I think it was three summers ago. And we kind of stayed uh, up over there for for about a long weekend. It was really cool, really kind of like a sleepy town, very nature focused hikes. Uh, we went whale watching and got some of the closest pictures and and I've ever been to a whale breaching out of the water with tons of like dolphins. It was awesome. It's really, really cool. I highly wow. suggested the beer, 3.9 untapped. Not bad either. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you All got? Right. So, so I've got this interesting uh, beer from Revolution Brewery. It's the Garrett's Popcorn Collaboration. Um, it's called That's Caramel great. Crisp. It's a caramel popcorn ale. You know, you see it in the store and you're like, what is this? This is so gimmicky, but it's actually delicious. Uh, it gets a 3.53 on untapped. It's 7%. A little bit about Revolution and then about the collaboration. So Revolution Brewing is the largest independently owned brewery in Illinois. They probably brew only in Chicago at their original brew pub in Logan Square by me. And then there's a production brewery in nearby Avondale. Both really cool spots. Check them out. Um, the one in Logan Square has food. The one in Avondale does not. 
Um, but Revolution and Garrett Popcorn Shops, they're two mainstays in Chicago. I think everybody that comes to Chicago, whether you're just grabbing it at the airport or you're seeking it out downtown, mm-hmm. um, is going to grab some Garrett's Popcorn. So this is a limited release they do. Um, you know, I think they started this back in September of 2022. So this is the second year that they're doing it. It was so popular last year. They did it again, and I think they'll keep doing it. It's brewed similar, similarly to a brown ale. Uh, they add 450 pounds of uh, the actual popcorn into the brew, though. They ferment it, carbonate it, package it, ends up as a smooth drinking 7% ABV pour. Um, it's got notes of like a creme brulee sweetness and a lightly salted finish on there. Sounds um, good. Yeah, the the Revolution Brewmaster says he went through several rounds of development before landing on the final recipe that included the actual caramel crisp popcorn in the mash, some brown sugar in there, rye malt, lactose, and then some kosher salt in there. So pretty interesting uh, brewing process and ultimately pretty good product that is uh, uniquely Chicago. So pretty easy to drink or is it like heavy like a stout? It is. No, it's pretty easy drinking beer. Um, Just has like this aftertaste that kind of sticks with you almost like the popcorn does and you just want to keep drinking it. I really like it. So another thing that's uniquely Chicago are bears and their first win at Soldier Field in over a year. How crazy was that with the backup in there? We're making history on the lakes on the lakeshore, man. The uh, D2 prospect who is signed out of the draft, makes the practice squad, makes the team in training camp and then becomes the, the backup, gets his crack at it. And I mean, the radio airwaves in Chicago, I still listen out here in California to to the home stations. And it's just, it's just crazy right now. It's like, it's either you're on one side of the fence or the other. Are you on the Bajent side or you're on the field side? And uh, there's obviously people got their opinions. They got their reasons why, but I just like looking at the win loss column and it's nice to see a win there. Uh, I could care. I mean, yes, ability matters and the ceiling of a player's talents matters, but also uh, you're measured by your wins and your losses. It's a lot of people who get frustrated with like, you know, Kirk Cousins, is he a good quarterback or not? Uh, Look at the records, right? He's not as flashy to watch, doesn't have that good of uh, mobility, but man, he he just is a good quarterback. I, I, I would assume he's got a winning record over his career, but I liked watching Brock or I like watching, yeah, Brock Purdy. Uh, I like to watch in Bajan. A lot of people give the comp to Brock Purdy. I heard a Jeff Garcia uh, comp as well. I think it's fun, man. I think it's a t- it's a different style of football as well. It, they're playing a different scheme with him at quarterback. It's very much you know quick throws to the sideline um, and kind of death by a, a thousand little like stabs instead of possible big plays, um, you know, uh, scrambles and and deep throws with field. So. Everyone's got their their all twenty two film session going on right now. They're looking at how he's able to kind of progress through his reads. Uh, if one's not there, he checks back to two, and he's able to lead his players and his receivers to the open area for catches. So there's a big stink about his arm strength, and he doesn't have enough arm strength. But uh, I mean, it's just it's good to have a win. So I don't I don't really want to like pick sides. We could do that if we want to. I don't know where I land on that right now. But it's just good to have a win. It's good to see a team that like rallied behind a player. The chemistry seems good. Fluce is calling the defense. Uh, we don't have one win. We got two. And that feels good. What about you? Yeah, I mean, we got some takeaways there. By the way, Kirk Cousins, 77 and 70, and then two ties in his career. So, you know, above 500, Dan, for you. Yeah, yeah. which, which is, a, is not bad. 
So you can call him a winner if you want. Um, yeah, Bajent looked great. And I think, I mean, the radio right now is, I think they're, they're baiting the callers into, into the Tyson Bajent, uh, um, next Hall of Fame you know, discussion. I think, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen Parkins and Spiegel and asking Jalen Johnson, Hey, do we have a quarterback controversy here? And he's like, right. listen, no. You know, he's the he's the two, but he looked great. He ran the offense like you want him to. Like you said, he went through his reads, was hitting the guys. You know, his average depth of target was really, really low. But I think that's what they've been asking Fields to do, too. I think that's just what this offense is, you know, they wanted it to look like. Uh, they didn't want to push the ball down the field too much, and it worked. You know, they played really well against a bad team with a backup quarterback themselves. Finally got some, some takeaways on the defensive side. I think, too. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, there was still, I think there was still some bad, you know, it's good to see a win for sure. Um, they had the most penalties and yards that they've ever had in the I saw that, yeah. yeah. 110 yards, nine like Larry, Larry Borum had like a penalty every drive. But yeah, about, so. what, what I was going to say though, is like looking at the third down conversions and I know we got Getsy who comes from Green Bay and you think of, okay, what is he instilling in this uh, new quarterback that you would see when Rogers was under the helm there with Getsy? And I just remember, you know, watching games against the Packers, it was the third down conversions that just kill you. You would always feel like you had them on the ropes. You just needed to get that stop. You know, the, the tide was turning. We were getting the momentum. And then it was always like a quick slant, you know, and Rodgers would snap it, quick throw, and they get the five yards that they needed and they get the third down. They live to play another set of downs. And it's not always these, you know, crazy design plays and deep, deep routes. It is sometimes you just need to have the quarterback that could recognize when and where the player is going to be open and hit him accurately, hit him in stride to get those first downs. And I don't know, you can look it up, but I think our third down conversion with, uh, with Badgett in there was, was pretty high. I think while watching the game too, I I think I saw a stat that they were around, you know, a little over 61. 61%. 61%. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to say over 50%. And that's going to win games, man. It keeps the drives mm-hmm. going, keeps your defense rested, keeps them fresh. So when they do come in, like we saw, they played pretty well. Yeah. I mean, he was hit, he was hitting the guys, right? You know, we talked about how he didn't really push the ball down the field. They only threw one pass more than 15 yards the whole game. So, but he completed 72% of his passes, 21 of yeah. 29. He looked, I mean, he looked good. He was hitting the guys that were open taking what they were giving him. That's all you can ask for, especially out of a backup. So he looked really good. Foreman, Deontay Foreman looked awesome. Yeah. I hope he gets a lot more run. Um, Herbert's on IR. So, you know, I think he's going to play a lot. And sure. Roshan Johnson might come concussion. back. Is he? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's in concussion protocol still, but I think I would expect him to be back by this next week. But if he's not, I mean, I think either way, Foreman's got to lead that committee and we just bring Roshan along i think yeah. they've been throwing a lot at him right off the bat but you got this guy who's really really capable obviously and you you should you know start him lean on him for a bit let roshan get his feet under him a little bit more so i, I mean yeah, the, great yeah and and great one and the reason why like uh he was able to get those three touchdowns on the ground is man that that offensive line is with all the shuffling they've been doing um and all the 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 publicity that uh jalen carter's getting in philly I think we got something in right uh, as a rookie tackle. I think he's doing really well. I think Tevin Jenkins, if he could stay healthy, plays really well. The Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, like shuffling around in the offensive line. Don't love it. Also, Larry Borum, all those penalties we talked about. Don't love that either. If Braxton Jones comes back, it's a tough one. He's got a neck, so that's interesting. But, I mean, for once, 
the offensive line held up. I mean, Max Crosby is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Yeah. And I don't know. I think he got maybe one sack, one hit on on uh, Bajan. He was getting out quick, and you know we were you know chipping him and and taking care of him and making sure we kept our quarterback clean, which which we did. Now it's easy for that kind of game style to like look good when you're playing ahead. When you're playing mm-hmm. down, you got to throw it down the field, which might happen this weekend. We'll we'll see what Bajan kind of looks like when he's got to you know air it out and and, and try to uh, throw the ball down the field. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed on everything there. I think right looks great. Let me ask you this. I think we're still alignment away, you know, with one of our next picks, picks, first round next year, got to get alignment. I think you need to get a left tackle. I agree. And we need to solidify that for sure. I think that's got to be in the game plan. No, I was going to say no quarterback controversy. Justin feels what three to four weeks. So maybe let's say these next three weeks, uh, agents at quarterback and they win. And that's four wins in a row with him starting. Is there a controversy? Four wins in a row. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at that point for sure. But his stats aren't anything that it's a similar stat line under 20 yards, maybe a touchdown. I I don't think anyone's going to care at that point. You're talking Chicago four wins in a row and, you know, the guy that's been sitting out who doesn't have that great of a record himself, you know, and wasn't looking spectacular, you know, oh, but for a few instances this season, I think you'd, you'd have to, you know, you're, you're projecting for sure. We're not going to, wouldn't that be, he's something. not going to do this again. Wouldn't that be something? It would be something. It would be awesome to get another, you know, Brock Purdy. I think you talked about him a little bit. He had a rough Monday night, but he's a good looking quarterback. I think he's going to stick around in the league for a little bit. So let's turn the page here. Because the Bulls season openers coming up here, so I guess, right. yeah, you got the hat on there. Yeah, uh, what do you think uh, is happening this year? I mean, it looks a lot like the team last year. I don't feel like I don't have any high hopes. You know, I didn't even last year. So how can I have high hopes this year? Is this Patrick Williams' year, Dan? <laughs> uh, you've been talking about it since we yeah. started this podcast. Yeah, what's what's going on with this team? It's boring. The team's boring. It's like you're you said it, right? Like there's there's no real buzz in the city about them. There's no real like excitement to start it because it's so much of the same. I mean, the two big signings we did in the offseason are nice players. I mean, Tori Craig and, and Javon Carter are nice players, but they're not you're gonna move the needle for anyone. It just makes our bench deep, which I think makes our team a lot better. Um, but Unfortunately, we're in a day and age in the NBA where the Eastern Conference or the Eastern Conference is now the stacked conference where it used to kind of be pretty heavy in the West. Um, West probably still has the best team in the Nuggets, but I mean, we're talking Milwaukee and Boston in the East that we'd have to go through, Phillies in the East that we'd have to go through. So um, it's going to be tough. I do think we're going to see an improved team, um, but by how much, I don't know. From what I saw, you know me, I watch all the preseason games. What I saw, my takeaways, Zach Levine looked good. He looked healthy. He looked aggressive on offense. Um, DeMar looked bad. He looked old. Uh, He looked like he was sleepwalking through a lot of the games, which he probably was, you know, his 15th year in the league preseason. He's probably not putting too much into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vooch continues to play like third fiddle, which is frustrating, Um, but he's, you know, he's efficient on offense. He's really talented on that end. Really bad, really slow on defense. Kobe White's now your starting point guard, which, you know, from the Lonzo Ball signing, we've never really had that question mark answered. And now we do. We're gonna we're gonna go with Kobe or Kobe White and put him in as our starting point guard and see if he could run 
a system. He put a lot of work in it. He's getting a lot of praise from everyone, the coaching staff, the reporters, that this kid just worked his butt off at understanding how to be a point guard, how to be a distributor, how to get into the paint. Uh, because you would watch Bulls games last year and they would just pass around the arc and were unable to get into the paint and have defense collapse where then in turn you're able to find the open man because you're being doubled. Hopefully Gobi White can be that guy and kick out to our shooters, you know, and and kind of slice up the defense. But I don't know, man. I feel weird about this season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited that they're back. They play tomorrow. I think Zach's going to have a really good year. I think something that's bugging me is that DeMar, I feel like we just need to move him. Um, because the rest of the team is is so young and fun uh, and really gets up and down the court and plays really fast and likes kind of getting the ball out and running and flying high. And DeMar DeRozan is the complete opposite of that. You know, he likes to hold the ball. He likes to get to a spot. Uh, he's really good at it, but it's just, it's hard to see how that's going to continue to mix with this team when it seems like we're going in a different direction. Uh, and to get to Pat Williams, I mean, he's 22. They didn't give him to his rookie extension. They did not offer him. So he's up for a contract after this year. So it's a prove-it year. And we know most professional athletes in prove-it years uh, oftentimes play pretty well. Uh, they put the pressure on themselves to really show out to get paid. Uh, so we'll see, man. It's a big, big year for him. He wants. He's saying some crazy stuff. He wants big-time money. Uh, he wants a huge contract. At 22, you know, he's got the physical traits, but... We haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I still think he's very timid out on the court. He's not aggressive, and uh, I don't think he's going to get a huge contract. Yeah, I mean, look, if he was going to be a superstar, I think he would have already taken that next step. Um, you know, we'll give him one more shot, right? You know, the Bulls, like you said, didn't pick up his contract, so... yeah. <laughs> this is his, this one is more his shot chance. but overall too to and, and then i'll be done the nba being back is a lot of fun uh it's gonna be a crazy year i mean victor Weminyama, if he stays healthy knock on wood he's he's outrageous to watch i don't know if you've seen his highlights and what he does mm-hmm. you know there's like three possessions in a row where you know he'll get a block and then he'll take the ball from the block dribble it up between his legs th- three-point shot or, or dunk it he's he's absolutely insane the Thunder got the cover of Slam Magazine, and they're super young and fun. Hopefully, Chet stays healthy. Like those two guys are going to be crazy to watch, fun to watch. And then you got crazy storylines, right? Dame Lillard's in Milwaukee with Giannis. LeBron's like thirty-eight, uh, trying to make it happen Sun's one more time. Up. The Suns, yeah, got Bradley Beal, uh, Devin Booker. You know Kevin Durant, right. um, and then the Celtics. The Celtics went ahead and got Drew Holiday too. So they traded Malcolm Brogdon and got Drew Holiday and shirt up their point guard position when Marcus Smart left. And Philly, we'll see what the hell happens with James Harden. He wants to trade. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. So. What do you make of this this story that the league's planning to add two new teams um, and focusing on Seattle and Las Vegas? Are you excited about the potential of two new teams? I mean, is the league? Are there only so many teams that really go for it at the start of any given season? Are we just looking at two more teams that are going to potentially tank here? What do you think yeah, about this? I mean, it'd be great for Seattle to come back. I don't like that Vegas is getting all these professional sports teams. I mean, it's cool for tourists to be there and be able to go see a game. Um, but they just feel so stale. Like the you know Vegas Knights, the Athletics are moving there. The Raiders are there. But I mean, a lot of money there. A lot of money, a lot of just, you know, it's just 
it's like buying, you know, going to see a show, going to see like Cirque du Soleil or something. You're, you're buying those tickets to go see it there. Makes sense, but it's just not what sports is about for me as a fan, like the purity of like your hometown, you know, and, and rooting for people. Um, so it's just a little different. I think, I'd love to I see Seattle Vegas has it. been. I think Vegas has been blowing up a little bit, though. Like regionally, I think people are starting to move there because it's kind of cheaper to buy a home there. And it's, yeah, it's because like, really you're in a fucking desert and nothing makes sense. <laughs> and you're a drain just on saying. the environment and you're stealing water from the Colorado River to, to water your <laughs> golf courses and you're sucking energy and you're an absolute shithole. And it shouldn't exist. It should not exist, but it does because we're dumb and we like luxury. I like it. I like it. I can, <laughs> I can see the appeal. I can see the appeal of people wanting to go to Vegas. I get it. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. There's a lot going on out there. Yeah. All right, let's move on to fantasy football, Dan. Got a couple of waiver pickups this week. It's kind of a rough week, though. You know, if anyone like you, who is one in six, I believe, is looking right, for some pickups. We're looking for some pickups. Top this four week. in scoring. Top four in scoring. Want to be clear uh, on that. Look, if you need a quarterback, you could pick up Kyler Murray. You kind of hope that he comes back within the next couple of weeks. Uh, my issue with him, though, is that he's coming off an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. And a big part of his game was the running aspect. So I don't think he's going to have that in his back pocket. Um, so we'll see. See if he can do it with his arm. But, um, you know, somebody else you might be looking to pick up, Gardner Minshew, had a nice game. And um, Anthony Richardson sounds like he's going to be out for the rest of the season with that yeah. shoulder injury. Yep. that he suffered so you're looking at a starter there with a couple of good wide receivers you know I'll, I'll go right to the wide receiver room josh downs for indy has looked great he he looks like you know a starting wide receiver michael Pittman's looked really good there too so i think he's got mm-hmm. some some guys to throw to so look for Minshew, look for downs another wide receiver maybe kendrick Bourne for new england had a nice game i think he might be uh, emerging as the number one there it's new england though so it's always tough to say running backs also tough. You know, the Rams, uh, top two guys, Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers went on IR. So Daryl Henderson stepped up, scored yep. a touchdown. He might be the top uh, running back pickup this week. Royce Freeman backed him up. I think he got about 12 carries. So those two look like they were splitting it. But Henderson has been in uh, L.A. before, and I would expect him to uh, lead the way there until Iron Williams comes back. If he comes back, who knows? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mentioned Roshan Johnson. If he comes back, the Bears seem intent on getting him a lot of work. Um, you know, Foreman played really, really well. I would expect Foreman to get a lot of work too. But you can see those two uh, splitting the carries there with the Bears really intent on getting Roshan Johnson in the mix and getting him involved. So I think he's a good pickup if somebody dropped him because he was hurt or inactive last week. Last week was a rough bye week. So mm-hmm. some of these guys might be out there. Check to see if there's anyone available, maybe a Chuba Hubbard who was looking really good before the bye, um, something like that too. Tight end, Dalton Kincaid would be my number one pickup. He's probably out there. has been pretty mediocre to start his career, but uh, Dawson Knox, I believe, is going to be out for a couple weeks here. So Kincaid, maybe somebody over the next couple weeks that could score some points. Yep. Michael Myers, another rookie tight end. Sometimes um, rookies come on over the second half of the season. Might want to keep an eye on him. Take some hill. Dalton Schultz, a couple of other tight end names if you're looking for tight ends. So there it is. That's all I got. Those your are your pick, waiver your wire pick pickups. Em. It's a rough week. Rough it's getting thin. Getting thin let's out get, there in the wire. Yeah. Let's get to the week eight picks. Thursday night. We've got the Bucks at the Bills. I was I put in my pickums and I was I was I was struggling on this one. I wanted my gut, my gut right away said the Bucks, but I went with the Bills. Okay. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty sensible. Bills Bills had a rough week, but I think they're going to be they're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Texans at Panthers. Texans. Rams at Cowboys. Rams. Vikings at Packers. Packers. Saints at Colts. Uh, Colts. Patriots at Dolphins. Patriots. Over the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. All right. Interesting. Jets at Giants. Giants. Jags at Steelers. Steelers. Falcons at Titans. Falcons. Eagles at Commanders. Eagles. Browns at Seahawks. Seattle. Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens. Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs. Bengals at 49ers. Bengals. Bears at Chargers is the Sunday night game. I know. It's been a lot of fun at work already, you know, just talking about uh, that game. Still a lot of San Diego Chargers fans down here. So I'm going to go with the Bears, but I don't believe in that pick. Okay. Raiders at Lions. Lions. It's a Monday night game. Yeah. I think the Lions as well. Having a good year. Having a good year. All right, I got a fast fact. It's got a one for Chase me. Claypool fact. All right. The Bears are 2-1 and one since they got rid of him. They were 0-13 with Chase Claypool on the roster. They're now 2-1 and one without him. The Dolphins, who now have Claypool, were 5-1 and one before activating him. Now they're 0-1 since activating him. Okay. So, and the Steelers were 2-6 and six with him, I believe, and now they're 11-4 and four since trading him. So maybe the Chase Claypool effect is a thing. We'll see. Dang. If, that sucks. Uh, it affects the Dolphins <laughs> as this season progresses here. But uh, that's been our show today. Thanks again for joining us for Dance Look. I'm Evan Bierman. You've been listening to the Domestic Draft Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to rate the show. You can find us on Twitter at Domestic Draft, on Instagram at Domestic Draft Podcast. Our website is domesticdraft.com. And you can watch the show on YouTube. Just search up Domestic Draft and drop us a sub. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers. And I'm back on my mind, on the grind for my life. Got the sun in my